our, our team. We have producer Rick still with us on sound, and now we have Valerie, uh, who is our new director of digital media and communications, and she is running on the camera, so I don't have to do the editing anymore. And you will notice, dear listener. Yeah, so when, now that we're in season two, you notice the quality is much better. That's Wait, this is season two! Woo! Woo! With that, we should probably introduce the podcast. It's cold. Oh, yeah! It's quite the cold open. It's quite the cold open. It's not a cold open. Well, I'm Father Dominic. I'm Paul Maneric. And this is Ed Talks, where we hope to inspire saints to inspire saints to build the kingdom of God. Amen! So we put out a whole, like, call to help us with our new season of the podcast, asking for questions from our faithful listeners. And you know how many responded? Zero. One. <laughs> but we got the, someone responded? One response. Not only was it one, but he sent like ten different questions. But he also snail mailed it to me. No. Not oh, even email. That's cool. Now hold on. It was because cool. my cousin Steve did make suggestions, but they were like really so we hard. Had two responses. They, yes. And Mason, Mason is the one that wrote the, the he wrote a thing, a very nice thank you note. He was a net missionary that was staying here for a few retreats uh, this past year um, in our convent, and so Mason wrote a very nice thank you note to the parish, uh, thanking us for our hospitality, and then threw in there he's a listener of the podcast and had a lot of questions for us to talk about. One of them being the saints. What, who are the saints? Why do we pray to the saints? What's our whole Catholic understanding of the saints? And Mason himself is a convert to the faith. Oh, I did um, not know that. I think he's only a two-year-old Catholic. Wow, and he's discerning his uh, vocation of the priesthood right now. Uh, we hope so, God willing. Yeah. I mean, well, he is discerning it. No, no pressure, Mason. <laughs> the whole world knows. <laughs> um, um, yeah, communio sanctorum. Communion the communion the saints. There you go. Of the saints. Funny thing, like, we think about it, right? We think of St. Peter, St. Dominic, St. Drogo, you know, all the big ones. Mm -hmm. And, um, so, there's a whole, there are three tiers in the communion of saints. Well, those are all tier number one. They're the famous tier number one, right? Like, the, 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 the triumphant, the triumphant church in heaven. But there are a lot of people in heaven that we don't call saints, right? Well, they're not... They're not officially canonized, right? right? Yeah. We, we, we can safely assume that the canonized saints are not the only souls in heaven. Absolutely. We can't say, like, this soul is there, that person's there, this person's there, but we have to assume that there are many, many, many more people in heaven than are officially Everyone's canonized. grandma. Every, my, gra <laughs> my grandma would be so mad at you. <laughs> for saying that? For saying that she's in heaven. She'd be like, don't you dare stop praying for me. I guarantee you, you I'm never still know. In, That's... She's like, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me, because she feels, and I feel like, that at the bare minimum, she is in the, the church penitent, mm -hmm. excuse me, church uh, penitent, or church suffering, which are the, those who are in purgatory. Mm -hmm. And so those are people, that are, they're on their way to heaven. They're, they're saints, they did it. They won the race, but they didn't get the right time or yeah. something. Yeah, so they got some purifying to do. They got some loving. Some purifying. Yeah, and so they're in purgatory, and they're on their way, but they're not saints in heaven yet. They're not in the triumphant group yet, but they're on their way. And those are the people that could be my grandma, could be my grandpa. It's going to be me. I hope and pray. I get that Have you ever far. heard that quote, um, 
shoot for the moon even if you miss you land among the stars. Oh, yeah. I don't remember who said that. It's, I feel like it's in every sixth grade classroom in all the schools. But um, I had a teacher in school who used to say, aim for heaven so that even if you miss you'll at least land in purgatory. I like that. But aim for heaven. Don't aim for purgatory. Too many people no. say, like, I'll be lucky if I get into purgatory. No, aim for heaven. That way, at least you'll land in purgatory. That's right. Yeah. And then, of course, we got the church militant. We are actually we are church part militant. of the communion of saints. We are, Amen. as baptized, practicing, faithful Catholics in the state of grace, we are part of the church militant. We can cut ourselves off. We still have that opportunity to cut ourselves away from the Too communion of saints. Too many opportunities. Every day. Every day. But, so there's three tiers to the communion of saints. But the saints that we think about are those people who are in heaven. Church triumphant. And the church has officially said... This person's heaven. Why do we say it? How do they like, well, this is, we know this person's heaven. What do they need? Do you, you know much about that process? I do, yes, because uh, we're going through it right now here in the Archdiocese of Chicago because we have Venerable Augustus Tolton, the first African American priest, period. And he was a priest here for the Archdiocese of Chicago. So Cardinal George, of happy memory, started his cause for canonization, we say, so that when someone is. In the pro when the church is in the process of discerning if someone is, in fact, a saint, we call that their cause for canonization. Because, again, when the church pronounces someone a saint, that's not the Pope saying, okay, now they're in heaven. They're not waiting in purgatory. Uh, yeah, right. They're not in purgatory Sweet. until the Pope says, oh, now you're a saint, and then you get to go to heaven. That's not how that works. What the church is doing is discerning whether or not that soul is among the church triumphant or... Do we have reason to believe they're in the church suffering or, um, for God forbid, even hell? Um, so the cause, it, it takes a long time, uh, but basically they, they look at the person's life and they determine whether or not they lived a life of virtue and a life of grace. If so, that would merit thinking they'd be in heaven, obviously a, an evil person. We can't assume, we, we, we hope in God's mercy that they accepted the love of God and entered into at least purgatory, but we can't uh, just assume that they're in the church triumphant. Um, so they have to live a virtuous and life of grace, uh, and then the church discerns through other, other ways. So there's always the famous miracles. Now, is venerable, is there a, a miracle already to get to venerable, or is venerable just like, this person has lived a very holy life? A, a life venerable is they've lived a holy life. Okay, so... So, the church, so when you first start... You're a servant of God. Oh, that's right. So when your cause for canonization begins, you're a servant of God. So Augustus Tolton was a servant of God, Augustus Tolton. Okay. Then the, the church has to look at your whole life. And this is what takes the most amount of time. And it's going to be a lot harder for more modern saints. Because they look at everything that the person said, wrote down... Now it's going to be blogged about, made, made a video I'm about. Out. They're going to have to listen to our podcast one day. I mean, Fulton Sheen is a great example. For, for Fulton Sheen's canonization, his cause, someone, theologians, have to sit down and they have to watch every recorded thing he said and see if he ever spouted heresy. And this dude had a weekly show. And that, right? And, and then his radio interviews, yeah. all the books that he wrote, the articles he wrote, any homilies that have been published, they have to read all of it and then determine is there any heresy, if there is some heresy, like was he, was it an accident or was he like actually trying to, to not teach the truth? And, like they have to read all that stuff. 
Um, I'm, I'm, I'm an accidental so with heretic. Older, older saints like Augustus Tolton, I don't think we have much other than letters that he would have written. He's, he's 19th century, right? This slavery was yes. still an institution in the United States in and some parts. Some, yeah, because he right. would have escaped with his mother. Right. Because they were from the South and they escaped into southern, central Illinois. He was born into a, sl to Quincy. a, a slave mother, right? She yes, was, yeah, his mother was a slave. Story. It's awesome. So he uh, felt a call to, to priesthood, and um, we'll, we'll get into his story another day. But yeah. uh, now he's venerable. So venerable is that the church has looked at all of the data and determined the person lived a very holy and virtuous life. Then there's beatification, and that normally requires at least one miracle attributed to the saint. And then canonization is two miracles. So then, and then your body being an incorruptible. So, like, there are some saints um, whose bodies have, or at least parts of their bodies, have not decayed. That's obviously a miracle. So that counts for one of the miracles. Can we just stop and just, like, how cool? Yeah, seriously. Church, like, it's awesome. Like, seriously. what other, there's, like, no other religion in the world that's like, oh, yeah, and this is this person who died 100 years ago, and uh, that's... She's right there, looking like yeah. she did the day. St. John Vianney, I saw it for myself. His heart has not decayed. Right? Like, they keep his heart, crazy. his priestly heart, in a separate reliquary. Oh, and it, a couple years ago, it traveled to the United States. I got to see it there, too, and I saw it in France. It's awesome. Um, I love... And his hands, which yeah, is cool, because he's a priest. So his hands have been, had been anointed and consecrated. His hands, are, the skin on his hands, they look like mine. And not like his hands are a little thinner and longer, but... Um, but like the skin on his hands, like, like mine. It's wild. And the rest of his like extremities, you could see in his coffin. That's it's wax. Uh, the rest of his body decayed, but his heart and his hands, no decay whatsoever. And now he died a very long time ago. A long time ago. Yeah, he's older than my grandma. <laughs> way older. Way <laughs> older. So uh, kind of cool. So sometimes you'll see BL in front of people's yeah, names. Yeah, that's blessed. That so that means they're beatified. But not canonized. They, they get the big ST when they're canonized. And as that word beatified comes from beatus, blessed, which blessed. is where we get the words beatitude yeah. from. Um, they, the beatitudes in the scriptures. Yeah. Blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. It's cool. So there you go, folks. So how, like, how do we help people understand that we don't pray... To the saint, we pray through the saint. Wait, what? Yeah. I'm just kidding, I knew that. I know you did. I did. I knew it. I think oh. that's a lot of where maybe Mason's question came from, as he did not grow up Catholic, yeah. and I'm sure the saints, for many of our uh, brothers and sisters who've converted, I think the saints marrying the Eucharist are the three biggest hurdles mm -hmm. for non-Catholics to get over, especially Protestants coming into the church. So how do we help people understand how we view the saints, because our language is not good at it. Like we're not we're not good at explaining it through how we talk about the saints. Because so many times we say like, oh yeah, I prayed, I prayed to the Blessed Mother, I prayed to Saint Anthony, I prayed to Saint Drogo. I did. Oh, not to Drogo. That. I, that ship has sailed. You can't. Glad <laughs> <laughs> you said. <laughs> I said Saint Anthony, come around. Something's lost and must be found. Please help me find these keys. Please let them be, they'd be in this bottom of this bag. Even though I'm shaking it, I've heard no metal, and I turn it upside down and. Right out. See, so we're we're asking Saint Anthony yeah. to to pray to the Father yes. on your behalf yes. to help you find whatever's been lost. Yes, we're not praying to Saint Anthony to say, "Okay, Saint Anthony, snap your mighty fingers and make my keys appear," because that's not how that works. Right, right? and so it's it's it, I think it is definitely confusing because we have patron saints 
who are specifically tied to certain things, like St. Drogo and Baristas, right? And so we say, oh man, this is a really complicated cortado. I'm going to ask St. Drogo to help me make this, or this latte art is, and I know, that, you know, whatever. I'm, Someone may find it repulsive. Yeah, I don't want it to be repulsive <laughs> latte art. So, but yeah, so we ask specific saints in specific circumstances, which I think adds to the confusion. But the main thing is, like you're saying, and, and that's, I know this is, is like apologetics 101, but we do it all the time when we're alive on earth. Oh man, I've got this big test. Can you say a prayer for me? Absolutely. Oh, That's man. intercession. My mom is sick. Can you keep her in your prayers? Oh my gosh, I can't. I have prayer that can move mountains, right? And Christ says, you know, those with faith could say, hey, mountain, jump, throw yourself into the sea, and it would do it. How much more power would the prayer of those who have won the race, right? The people who are in that, that church triumphant, up in heaven, hit the closest worshiping God in the beatific vision, right? Mm -hmm. Like those people, those people have done it. So God's like, yes, I love your prayers. I love it. And so that's, you're just adding their prayers just like I would ask you to pray for me. Mm -hmm. I ask St. Drogo to pray for me every time I make my wife a coffee so I don't mess it up. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, I don't want her to throw it in my face. No, we do not. She doesn't do that, dear listener. <laughs> She's never done that. Whitney would never do that. She doesn't in throw public. That face. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, so that's, but that's it. Last but not least, Paul, how do we become saints? Because we are called to be saints. How do we do that? Holiness. The grace of God that pours. He wants to pour it into us, and we find that grace through the sacramental life of the church. We get it for the first time in baptism. We renew it in, every time we receive the Eucharist, mm -hmm. we get our sins wiped away, and we get an infusion of it every time we go to confession. We get every time, when you were ordained, you had a special infusion of grace. When we were confirmed, when, we got when I got married, I was infused with grace that would help me, because it was a sacramental marriage, which is, dear listener, if you haven't gotten a sacramental marriage, quickly, make it happen. Marriage is really hard. You need every grace you can get. Make a sacrament. It's awesome. Especially if you marry someone like Paul. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, the, so the sacramental life yeah. of the church gives us those graces that enable us then to participate in the love that is God. And that's, Amen. that's how it is. Holiness. I feel we need a whole other podcast just on holiness. A whole one for holiness. A whole holy podcast. Oh, this you can cut that part out. <laughs> um, that was not... Favorite saint. Or favorite saint, yeah. Favorite saint. That's the same question you asked right away. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I also want to talk about, like, strangest or most obscure saints How about that I you give know you of. my favorite and you give me the strangest. Okay. All right. And then we'll switch. I want to talk about my, I like my saints. Okay, fine. Or saint. Wait, wait, one or? One saint. One saint. Oh, man. All this right. guy's, he's going to get so embarrassed. Say, Dominic. I'm not embarrassed. Why wouldn't I be your favorite uh, saint? And I, then you are not my favorite saint. Saint well, Dominic. That's what I heard. Saint Dominic, the founder of the OP. The OP. The the OGOP. The OGOP. That's right. Uh, it's my confirmation saint name. Uh, he's awesome. Little did you know that you would have another holy Dominic. That's right. Uh, and should we talk about his mom's dream? Of course, it's where his name comes from. Dominicanus. Yeah. yeah. So his mom was barren, 
and she had a dream that she gave birth. This is kind of weird, but it's awesome. Gave birth to a dog with a giant stick in flames, like a torch, torch. in its mouth, and the dog set the world on fire. Yeah. The world is on fire. Dominicanus, hound of the Lord. Hound of the Lord. The <laughs> world Lord's is on fire. Hound. That's right. That's like Robert Barron. He's, he's yeah, always yeah, smiling sure. somewhere. And that's the word is on fire. This is the world. Anyway, uh, he's the man. Went out two by two, uh, 13th century. Uh, educated people, his order of preachers. Um, ordo predicarum. Predicatorum, excuse me. Uh, that's the order of preachers. That's the what the OP preachers. stands for. It's it's OP and it works in English, but it comes from Latin. And here I am working for Father Dominic in a in a place where the Dominican sisters were for a century. So going out with how I love that I have the same name as the great Saint Dominic. Uh, Want to hear a fun story about the, the the Dominican sisters? Yes, I do. So I I think it was my first year of priesthood. That was the. 800th, 500th anniversary of the Dominicans? I think 800. Maybe it was 800. Anyway, so the sisters like to, to share. <laughs> Could we have put that in? Sisters were as like a way of vocations, um, and for their anniversary, decided to re, um, remake their vows at, at one of our masses here on the weekend. And so I happen to be celebrating that Mass, that they came up at the end of Mass to recite their vows. And you, of course... You knew that this was happening. They didn't like to start walking... No, yeah, this was all planned. Okay. Yeah, this was all planned. That would have been bold. But I didn't... I knew... I didn't know what they would be reading. Like I never saw their vows before. Oh, and of yeah. course, in their vows, they refer to St. Dominic as Holy Father Dominic. <laughs> and that I loved. <laughs> and they are yeah. making a vow... To Holy Father Dominic. To Holy Father Dominic. And then I, I did make it clear at the end. I said, while I am a Holy Father Dominic, I'm not the one in which they were vowing their life to. We should do a podcast about holiness. <gasps> we will. Oh, hold. Next. Okay, all right. Wow. The next podcast. All right, favorite saint. Do it. Uh, I thought you obviously do the weirdest saint. Okay, weirdest saint. Do it. Saint Drogo, one of my patrons. The patron of the unattractive. <laughs> Hatred no. of ugly people. Well, no, wait. When we were reading about him, it Which doesn't say bad. unattractive. It oh, yes, it's, yes. I, I'll... It's just saying of those oh, who others find, find repulsive. Find repulsive. <laughs> he is, yes, he's the patron of those whom others find repulsive. And, and also coffee. And co So actually, that's probably funnier to me. So here, today's saint, Drogo of Seaborg, the patron of shepherds, sick people, hernias, gallstones, insanity. You make a lot of ugly faces with those things. Deaf people, right. Cattle, people who work in coffee shops, and those whom others find repulsive. So somewhere in the world, there's like a barista who's just unattractive and is suffering from like a hernia. This is your and man. This is your this is man. Your dude. This is who to pray yeah, to. Drogo all the way. Those us poor people who look to Saint Drogo. <laughs> uh, that's probably the weirdest saint. Alright, yeah. how about your favorite? Oh man, my favorite saint, uh, gotta be Peter. Peter <laughs> the first pope. Yeah. Um, Once again. Uh, he's uh, one of my personal patrons, and I just really appreciate how he screwed up so many times. 
and to the extent that he screwed up, and our Lord still kept calling him, still kept walking with him, still made him the first pope, even in the midst of all of his his just awful screw-ups. Even denying denying Jesus, and not even denying... I wouldn't even say that was his worst screw-up. His worst screw-up was when he tried convincing Jesus to not be crucified. <laughs> and then <laughs> Jesus tells him, get behind me, Satan! Like, it's rough. And then he still gives him the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Then tells him when you bind on earth, be bound in heaven, and so on. A so, lot, a lot of faith. Peter's probably my favorite. Um, but do us a favor. Uh, give us a review and a rating to help us kind of spread the good word of our podcast and share us. Uh, we're all over social media, so share the podcast with those. Tell people about it, and hopefully, we'll start evangelizing our little corner of the kingdom here. That's right, because what are we at St. Ed's? We are saints who inspire saints to build the kingdom of God. Amen.